Hey, this is Zachary Thatcher reading an essay from the Thatcher Report. You can follow along at medium.com slash Thatcher hyphen report. Only one T in my version of Thatcher, T-H-A-C-H-E-R. You can also just follow me on social media, sign up for the email, so many options. All right, this is an essay I wrote in on July 4th, 2020 in Concord, Massachusetts. It's called Cotyledon. Tuesday, March 17th, 2020, 6 p.m. An emergency alert shook my phone. I was running down the highway in lower Manhattan, hobbled by a backpack strapped to my shoulders, a heavy briefcase and travel bag in each hand. They held two weeks of clothing, a siddur and chumash, Hebrew prayer book and Hebrew Bible, a laptop and enough condoms to depopulate a small city. They remain untouched as of this writing and as of this recording. I dropped a bag to get my phone. Huge letters shouted, COVID-19 alert. It was all the confirmation I needed. Go. Leapt up the stairs of my parking garage, throttled my car at the Sapphire Dragon along the banks of the Hudson River, welled a tearless sob when I passed my brother's house off the Henry Hudson Parkway. Normally, I'd pull over to see him and his sweet wife, their one, then two, now four children, each one as startling and miraculous as an anemone flower. My brother's mishbucha, family, were my usual northern destination, but I kept slicing north and then east across empty highways that hazed in Westchester and went dark in Connecticut. I hit pause at a restaurant, but it was closed. The world had chained the doors, shut the lights. Back on the highway, Hartford flew past. Six gear hollered all the way to Massachusetts. Imagine running as hard and fast as you can from a threat. Doesn't matter where you go, just away, fast. Each stretch of the legs compels you forward. You chug arms and push so hard you almost fly off the ground. Your lungs burst into flame. Fear transforms to trajectory and then the road vanishes. You are holding a cold beer while your best friend laughs and his dog beckons for a toss of a softball. A gravity wagon full of grain shelters a second border collie. Geese glide northeast to Canada, unperturbed, on mission. Wings rhythmically clap to a song so old it predates each one of your ancestors. Cities and phone notifications and strip malls blot out the song, but it plays loudly at the farm. You can hear it as you drink your beer, even in the cold late winter of cover crop and unplowed fields. You can't read the music or tell one movement from the next, but the organic rower next to you, your oldest friend, he strums callous fingers to all the right chords. Both of you head to the farmhouse, the collies trot after you're safe. Pink Floyd recorded their ninth album, Wish You Were Here, at Abbey Road Studios in 1975. A few years later, my mom took my hand and walked us up our quiet side street in the Newton suburbs. She carefully crossed Double Lane Grant Street, rang the bell at a house in the Montvale Crescent Hill. Jan Rogers, in her early 30s, like my mother, Alexandra, answered the door. I hear you're new to the neighborhood and have a boy Zachary's age, Alexandra said. Why, yes, I do. Here he is. Andrew appeared with his blonde bull haircut. I was smaller with chestnut hair. We ran off to play in the yard, 1977. Yesterday, in 2020, I directed him as he backed up a livestock trailer to a patch of forest by the pigs. A few minutes later, we set up irrigation for a field of emerging strawberries. If child's play is practice work, then not much has changed in 43 years. We're still enjoying each other's company outside, 
except now he's a father of two and my hair has turned more ash than coal. The eponymous middle song of Pink Floyd's 1975 album is a bluesy forlorn lament. It tastes like you're no longer in love, it's gone. The only thing you can do, the only homage you can offer the memory is to rotate the sharp edge regret in your mind as each turn tears the tender places within you. It should have been this, but it was always that. I wanted right side up, it was always upside down. After a melancholy guitar strung, the song's opening message reads bitter and accusatory. So, so you think you can tell Heaven from hell Blue skies from pain Can you tell a green field From a cold steel rail A smile from a veil Do you think you can tell So, so you think you can tell, heaven from hell, blue skies from pain. Can you tell a green field from a cold steel rail, a smile from a veil? Do you think you can tell? But a weariness in Roger Waters' voice restrains the criticism. It's more dolorous than angry. If you listen to the song a few more times, you sense introspection and self-examination. Invert the pronouns and you'll see what I mean. The you becomes an I. I think I can tell, heaven from hell, blue skies from pain. The lyrics become an admission of failure to understand anything at all. I amplifies the loneliness and regret. This is what I sensed but didn't fully understand when the song came on the radio when I drove through Carlisle last week. What was the song about? What were all those sad questions? I went back to my hut, my in-law shack, my Airbnb with plaid curtains and four leather sofas from the 1980s to listen again. Back in the 80s as a teenager, I didn't listen to lyrics closely. Pink Floyd, along with Led Zeppelin, the Allman Brothers Band, the Rolling Stones, Rush, Leonard Skinner, The Who, they were given to us by neighborhood boys with older siblings or uncles with trans ams. What a handful of musicians recorded in London in 1975 would take a good 15 years to arrive to the Boston suburbs of my cohort, at least. We would receive the transmissions passively yet faithfully, playing the albums over and over again. At that time, we just thought of it as music. Eventually, people would call it classic rock. Now I think it's safe to say, and what I had an inkling of when my taste changed to edgier, artier music, classic for whom? It was all white, corporate-sponsored music co-opted from original black artists who were robbed of royalties and promotion. Parliament or Funkadelic or Muddy Waters never played in my profoundly segregated suburb. We grew up listening to a catalog of music we never asked for, it was handed to us with the solemn ineluctability of tradition, commanded to us in utterances whose instructions only varied by the nouns as the decades ticked by. Spin this record. Put this in your Walkman. Play this CD. Pink Floyd had a seat at the table. They weren't at the head. That was for Led Zeppelin. But they were close. And since they were so prolific, there was always more to hear. The other day, Andrew and I weeded peas as they wended their slow trajectory up trellises in Field 1B. I grabbed plants with my hands while he pulled a thinning hoe. Working at Andrew's farm sometimes feels like being a six-year-old who, much to his surprise, has to fly a 747 to Heathrow. For the past three and a half months, and for all the weekend visits before then, 
I keep finding myself asking him endless child's question. What does this do? Why does this happen? How does this work? Where does this go? As Andrew and I weeded and talked, I examined the bed of peas. A stalk rose from the soil. On it, just off the ground, a small double leaf grew. It had a different shape, yet the same color and texture of the pea leaves further up. These are the kind of things your mind detects when weeding. If it's a different shape, size, color, pull it and toss. Be sure not to do that to the crop. You want to keep those. This small double leaf hovering over the soil stood out. Above it, larger, correctly shaped leaves lounged off the plant like they were on vacation. Just soaking in the rays, man. Just loving the sun, dude. But that lower leaf. The child asked a question. That's a cotyledon, Andrew explained. It's the first leaf of a germinated seed. Oh, yeah. Cotyledon. Got it. Not really. By the middle of Wish You Were Here, the song goes to a deeper place. It's more about behavior and thoughts than perception. A smile from a veil Do you think you can tell Did they get you to train Your heroes for ghosts Hot ashes for trees Hot air for a cool breeze Cold comfort for change get you to trade your heroes for ghosts, hot ashes for trees, hot air for a cool breeze, cold comfort for change? Did you exchange a walk-on part in the war for a lead role in a cage? I had definitely escaped my cage in Manhattan and was now a walk-on part in, not a war exactly, but in the frenzied, tedious, impossible, unending, exhausting, back-wrenching, sweat-inducing campaign of marshalling food from the earth. It turns out, as some of you must already know, that Pink Floyd song, Wish You Were Here, it's not about two lovers separated by bad decisions and regret. It's actually about two close friends riven by crisis and conflict. Roger Waters wrote it as an ode to his childhood friend, Sid Barrett, with whom he had formed the group 10 years earlier. After the first band name was taken, it was Barrett who had renamed them after genius American bluesmen Pink Anderson and Floyd Council. Barrett had written their first four hit songs. Barrett and Waters both sang and played guitar. Barrett and Waters were Pink and Floyd. And then they weren't. In his late 20s, Barrett fell victim to profound mental illness and way too much LSD. He couldn't function in the rapidly rising band any longer. The parallels between Andrew and me and Waters and Barrett, they end well before their epic breakup. Our friendship is ancient but uncomplicated. And let's be serious, Andrew would never hire me as his business partner. I'm way too slow at transplanting and every other farm task imaginable. And the last time I took psychedelics was, never mind, long ago. How I wish, how I wish you were here. Same old ground And have we 
how I wish, how I wish you were here. We're just two lost souls swimming in a fishbowl year after year, running over the same old ground, and how we found the same old fears. Wish you were here. I'm ruminating on this friendship and the sucker of the farm and the music of our youth because when I publish this essay, and definitely when I record it, I will no longer be in a semi-crappy Airbnb near Clark Farm in Carlisle, Massachusetts. I will be in a farmhouse in northern Vermont, looking backwards, missing my oldest, closest friend. In Judaism, we learn that paradox is the key to understanding. It's one of our best analytic methods and liturgical tropes. God is one, yet God will be one, as the Eleno prayer insists. Moses was our leader, but also unchosen. In an episode in the desert, an enemy priest starts to curse Israel, but instead blesses us. Creating inversions teaches you more than Torah. It reveals meaning and art in existence, too. Take life and turn it upside down. Now turn yourself upside down. How do you see it now? How do you feel now? In other words, this is a long way of saying that wish you were here could just as easily be wish I was there. If my cotyledon leaves are just soaking in the rays, man, if I'm forming a new life after being caged in an apartment in a city that blots out nature's music, if my first leaves are delivering nutrients and carbohydrates for further growth, if I am slowly wending my way upwards to a new trajectory, then I really only have one person to thank. For 111 days, Andrew Rogers showed me a hospitality that is a sukkah in the field, a temporary shelter in the wilderness that speaks to both fragility and endurance, another small paradox. There are supporting cast members to thank at Clark Farm, Meredith Pierce and her family, Mary Liz and her baby Graham, the camaraderie of Jesus and Franny, teenagers Anson and Phoebe, the wider Carlisle community of Kirsty, Chris, Alaya, Matt, and even snarky teenage Cam, and all the farm crew college kids who swap jokes and pretend to listen to my academic advice in the fields. Most of all, there's farmer Andrew who built this small village, who never tires of telling me, yet again, and even again, how to operate a high crop tractor, sucker a tomato, work a stirrup hoe, hitch a trailer, and much more information than I will ever remember. Thanks, buddy. And thanks to you for listening to my essay, Cotyledon. You can see lots of great pictures of Cotyledons and Clark Farm at medium.com slash Thatcher hyphen report. Thatcher with one T, T-H-A-C-H-E-R. And you can also follow along on social media. Thanks very much for listening. Take care.